We're talking about Jesus and his passion. And uh, before we could celebrate Resurrection Sunday, we have to deal with Good Friday. And we know that Good Friday is about the crucifixion of Jesus. And so today we just want to take a moment to just talk about the meaning of the cross, the provisions of the cross and the heart of the cross. You know, as you look at the cross, there is there is something that uh, that's there that sometimes without understanding it, there's a blessing that we leave out even in our Christianity. And, and part of that is because we don't know the full scope of what the cross really means. But it's important that we understand the meaning of the cross because otherwise the cross can become like a, a good luck charm. You know, I was raised, uh, you know, having uh, confidence in the cross more like a good luck charm. I believe that if I had it in my pocket, I would be blessed. I had one in my car. Sometimes we put them up on the wall over the door that is going to keep out bad spirits. But sometimes the cross is no more than a good luck charm. But how many of you know the cross is way more than that? The cross is not a symbol to idolize, but a message to embrace. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1 and 18, it says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are, pre, who are perishing, but to, the, to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It's the message of the cross that brings blessings on our life. Not possessing the cross. Not having it in my pocket. Amen? It's the message and the meaning of the cross that has the potential to release blessing and change my life. Not simply just having it on the wall. Are y'all with me out there? The cross represents more than, than just a symbol. It represents the redemption of Jesus. 1 Peter 3 and 18 says, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. Now, the, the Bible tells us that the cross represents the crucifixion of Jesus, the innocent price of suffering that Jesus paid for our sins. But the cross also represents a powerful message, and it's the redemption of sinful humanity from the penalty and the destruction of sin. Amen? Come on. How many of you know it's the message that counts? Hebrews 12.2 says, Let us fix our eyes on the author and the perfecter of our faith, for who the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, Jesus willingly and joyfully encountered the cross and endured the cross. Why? So he could provide for you and I the Father's redemptive blessing for all of humanity. Amen? Now, what exactly did he provide on the cross? Well, we're going to unpack that a little bit. There is, there's a powerful message and there is incredible provision from the cross. And so there, there is important detail as you, as you read the crucifixion of Jesus and you see the different things that happened to him. Those, dis, they, ju, those things just, just didn't happen just by accident. 
But they happen with purpose and they possess incredible meaning. Amen. And so I want to read the story and then we're going to unpack it a little bit. In Mark chapter 15, in verse 15, it says this, wishing to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas for them. And after having Jesus scourge, he handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers took him away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and they called together the whole Roman cohort. They dressed him up in purple, and after twisting a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to acclaim him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they kept beating his head with a reed and spitting on him and kneeling and bowing before him. After he had mocked him, they took the purple robe off of him and put his own garments on him, and they led him out to crucify him. They pressed into service a passerby coming from the country, Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexandria and Rufus, to bear his cross. Then he brought him to the place, or to the, to the place Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. They tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided up his garments among themselves, casting lots for them to decide what each man should take. It was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. Now several things happened during Jesus' crucifixion that helps us to understand the provisions of the cross. And the first is this. Jesus was scourged to provide for our well-being. In Mark 15, 15, it says, Wishing to satisfy the crowd... Pilate released Barabbas for them, and after having Jesus scourged. Now, a scourging is not something we're familiar with, a word that we use a lot. But it means to be whipped or lashed as punishment. A scourging is what they did to criminals in that day. And in Roman times, the soldiers would whip criminals with what they called a cat of nine tails. Now, a cat of nine tails was this, this heavy leather whip that looked something like this with nine strands. And at the end of the strands, it had several small pieces of bone and metal attached to each trap. And the, the Bible tells us that Jesus was scourged with a cat of nine tails. Now, when they scourged somebody, it meant 39 lashes. And 39 times they took this cat of nine tails while they had Jesus stretched out over something with his, with his bare back exposed and they beat him till flesh was removed off his body. And his, his internal organs were even exposed as they beat him and beat him and beat him. Now the question is, why would they do that? Why would they beat Jesus, who was innocent, by the way, of any wrongdoing other than saying that he was the Son of God? Why would they beat him like that? Well, Isaiah gives us the answer. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, 5, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes... We are healed. Now, according to Isaiah, the scourging was for the benefit and the provision of our peace. He was, he was whipped for our well-being and for our peace. And so listen, there's a message here today that what Jesus did so many years ago whenever he was crucified is, is important for us 
here today, regardless of what you're going through, what you've been through, what you're dealing with today, you can have peace in the innermost part of your life today because of the cross. The Bible says in Psalm 23, in 2 and 3, He makes me to lie down in green pastures, and He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. So listen, the cross reminds us that we can have peace in the depth of our soul regardless of what we're going through. Amen? You know, how can Brother Larry stand up here and, and, and worship God and sing about the power of the nails and the power of the cross. How can he do that? I'll tell you how he can do it. Through the power of the redemption of God. That's how. Amen. Come on. He was scourged that we could have peace in her innermost being. If, you don't, if you're not a Christian, you don't understand that peace. That's one of the provisions of the cross. That you can be in the middle of a storm. You could be in the middle of the worst storm of your life and still have peace in your life. Then the Romans, after they scourged him, they got an idea. He's calling himself king of the Jews. Let's make him a crown. And so they took thorns and they wove a crown of thorns and they put it on his head. In fact, the scripture says they beat it on his head. And those thorns that looked something like this, as they beat it into his skull, those thorns begin to penetrate his scalp. And as they penetrated his scalp, it caused unbearable pain. Jesus received a crown of thorns to remove our curse. John 19, 2 says the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and he put it on his head. And it's believed that, that this crown of thorns, as they pressed it in on his, house, uh, his head, it caused excruciating pain throughout his body and caused his head to swell, so much so that he was hardly recognizable. What's the significance of those thorns? Well, again, the Scripture gives us the answer. Remember the curse that was pronounced on the humanity when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden? The Bible says part of that curse in verse in Genesis 3, 17 says, And to the man he said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. And all your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. Now, because of the sin of Adam and Eve, a curse came upon the earth. And the curse was symbolized by thorns and thistles. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 says this, that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. So the cross reminds us that when Jesus died on the cross and he received those thorns, it reminds us that Jesus took the curse for us so we don't have to live under a curse, but we can live under the blessing of God. Amen? Now, somebody might have said you're cursed, but they don't know the cross and they don't know the power of the cross if you're a believer. Amen? So listen, I don't need a cross in my pocket to have the blessing of God on my life. I got the cross in my heart. And because of the cross, I am not under the curse, but I am under the blessing of the Lord. And my friend, if you're a Christian today, you are not cursed. You are blessed. And you need to receive that message today. Amen. Remember when Balak 
wanted Balaam to curse Jacob. And he said, hey, would you do me a favor? He said, they're blessed. Would you curse them so that I can defeat them? And Balaam said to Balak, I can't curse someone God has blessed. In fact, he says in Numbers 23, 8, but how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? And how can I condemn those whom the Lord has not condemned? Hey, I want you to know something. If you're a Christian and you got the cross in your heart, you surrendered your life to Christ, my friend, you don't live under the curse. You don't have to worry about somebody cursing you because the blessing of the Lord is upon you and he gives you the blessing and the favor of God. So everywhere I go, everywhere I again are in, the blessing of the Lord goes with me because the cross is not in my pocket. If I forget it, I'll lose the blessing, but the cross is in my heart. And everywhere I go, the blessing of the Lord is. And everywhere you go, the blessing of the Lord is with you. Amen. Come on, we're not the cursed people of God. We are the blessed people of God. Why? Because Jesus took the curse off of me when he died on the cross. Amen. Come on, y'all receive this this morning. You're the blessed people of God. Now, next, the scripture reminds us that Jesus was nailed to the cross so my sins could be forgiven. Now, the Roman history tells us that every person that was crucified, they were nailed to the cross. And Scripture proves this out. In Acts 2, it says, Just as you yourselves know, this man delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. Jesus was nailed to an old splintery wooden cross. And they exposed his back to that splintered wood that was already unmercifully torn up. And whenever they put him on that cross, the Bible tells us that they nailed him there. They took nails and they ran it through him. They ran it through his hands. They ran it through his feet so he could be suspended on the cross and they could just, they could crucify him. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason and an importance for Jesus being nailed to the cross. And the Apostle Paul gives us a clue of what the reason is. In Colossians 2 and 13, it says, You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature as was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for He forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. Amen. So in other words, what he's saying is that Jesus took our record of charges, our records of sin. He took away our record by nailing it to the cross. Amen. And that through the nails, he took our list of sins. Now, the way I understand this is I have a list of sins that I've committed over my lifetime. It's not a short list. It's a long list. It's a scroll of sins. And before you think you're too holy in here, you got a list too. Amen? 
And he took that list of sins and it's as if he folded it up and whenever he was getting ready to get nailed to the cross, he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before you pound that nail into my hand, would you do me a favor and slip Todd's list of sins in between my hand and the cross and nail his sins because I want to take the penalty that he should have paid, the cost that he should have paid. I want to take it upon myself so that he don't have to take it upon himself. Amen. And your list was there too. He nailed the list of our charges against him. He took my payment. How can I not be excited about that? How can I come stumbling here in church and act like I ain't got enough time to make it through this church service? If I understand what Jesus did to me, what the cross means to me, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my Lord. No wonder he said, if you shut these children up, the rocks are going to cry out. There's power in the cross. Amen. There's power in the cross. Amen. And when he got nailed to the cross, there was tremendous provision that was released over humanity. Romans 5, 1 and 2 says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified. Justified means just as if I have never sinned. Amen. And so when the enemy says, Todd, do you remember what you did when you were six years old? You remember what you did in high school? Do you remember what you did when you were 25 and you did those vile and evil things? And I say, oh, I can't remember that because Jesus took that away. He washed me from that. He cleansed me from that. And you're going to have to consult with Jesus. He might remember, but I don't because I've been forgiven, washed and cleansed through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And listen, let me tell you, what you did when you were six years old, what you did when you were in high school, the thing the enemy tries to beat you up about, I'm telling you, Jesus already took care of that. Amen. So don't let the enemy beat you up another day. Receive the cleansing, washing power of the blood of Jesus. Amen. Come on. Can I get a better witness this morning? Come on. Can I get a better witness in the house? Thank God for the cross. Amen. Listen, the cross is way more than a good luck charm. Amen? It's more than a religious symbol. The cross, the heart of the cross is the heart of God. The heart of the cross is the heart of God. The heart of the cross reminds us of the Father's love. You know, it's scripture that a lot of us can quote. We've heard it many times. But I think sometimes we don't fully understand the power of the message in the verse. But John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, so much that He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. Now, I'm not sure you fully got that yet, so let's look at it again. For God so loved the world. He don't love dirt. He don't love this globe. He don't love Mother Earth. He created it. He loves the people that are on the earth. He didn't die to save dirt. He died to save souls. Amen. And God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Some of you might have one child. Tanya and I do. God gave his one and only son. Not temporarily. But he gave him up to be sacrificed. 
And the Bible says in verse 17, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. See, if you don't know that God loves you, you don't know the message of the cross. If you fully understand the message of the cross, how can you not serve God? Listen, if you have trouble serving God, you just need more revelation of the cross. Because once you realize what, how much God loves you, how can you not serve a God that is so crazy about you? Amen? When you fully understand the cross, you're not going to doubt the Father's love. You're not going to doubt the Father's love anymore. Well, does God love me? Does he care about me? Yes, this much. He loves you. He's crazy about you. Listen, if you're in here today and you wonder, does anybody on this globe love me? Yes. His name is Jesus. He loves you. Amen. The heart of the cross reminds us that God's power is available. And that's what 1 Corinthians 1.18 says. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it's the power of God. You see, listen. The cross reminds us that Jesus made God's power available to us. In fact, because of the cross, there is power in the words of Christ. In Romans 10, 17, it says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of God. The words of Christ strengthens and increases your faith. You know, one of the things that Peter that Debbie was telling me, Peter, he, you know, he started coming to church here and he would tell, I don't want to miss church. Because he said, when I go to church, I feel so much stronger to endure for the week. I feel energized. I feel the strength. He said, I've never felt the Holy Spirit before, but I feel the Holy Spirit now. Something that happened to Peter. Amen. And I believe that, listen, the word of God. Hey, if we, if, if we worth our salt, when we get up here behind the pulpit, we're going to read to you the words of red. Amen. We're going to read to you the words of Christ but right now even as I'm preaching you're hearing the words of Christ and it's strengthening your faith and the Bible says faith is our victory the more faith we have the more victorious we live amen in Mark chapter 9 and verse 23 says everything is possible for him who believes now that's a that's the words of Christ and so because of the cross the words of Christ has the power to produce miracles in our life amen and there's miracles that have been produced. If we could take time to interview people in this room and say, how many miracles, has God done a miracle for you? And we would have story after story of them hearing and reading the words of Christ and the words of Christ just igniting something in them and giving them a miracle or a breakthrough. You know, I, I just remember personally whenever Tanya and I were believing for a child and, and we were so, I was so discouraged and just reading the word, with man it's impossible, with God all things are possible and it increases and strengthens your faith. And I feel like somebody in here needs to be encouraged and your faith needs to be strengthened and it's the words of Christ that will strengthen you. Amen? But it's not just the words of Christ, but it's also the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ. 1 Peter 1.18 says this. For you know that it was not with perishable things like silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life. Handed down to you from your forefathers. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Now, the blood of Jesus, according to this verse, 
has the power to break generational curses off your life. Amen? We don't have to continually live in, with the inherited physical, spiritual, emotional traits that have been in our family lineage forever. You can get grafted in to a new family tree this morning through the power of the blood of Jesus. Amen. So it don't matter how long this trait's been in the menards from generation to generation and hundreds of years. The cross stops it right in its tracks. And I don't have to walk in what all my grandpa and my great grandpa and my great grandpa walked in and neither do you. Amen. There is power in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Come on. You believe that? And listen, we've heard stories of they had heart failure here, heart failure here, and then it skips a generation as soon as the cross and the blood of Jesus comes into play. I'm telling you, there's power in the message of the gospel. There's power in the cross. Am I, am I just getting a little bit too forceful with this message today? Or are you receiving it today? I'm about to jump off this stage right now. Amen. That's good news. Amen. How can Boudreaux change? I'm telling y'all, the blood of Jesus. Amen. How can Thibodeau change? I tell you how, through the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Somebody needs to come up with a new joke about Boudreaux and Thibodeau. Amen. But include the power of the blood of Jesus. Amen. So there's power in the words of Christ. There's power in the blood of Jesus. But you know what? There's also power in the name of Jesus. Philippians 2.9 says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Come on, how many of you know there's power in the name of Jesus? Amen. Hey, listen, one day, the whole crowd of the universe, every human being that has ever been created, they're going to be surrounded around Jesus, and he'll get to decide their plight. His, his name is the name that is above every name. In Mark 16, 17, it says, These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. See, as Christians, we could pray in the name of Jesus. And when we pray in Jesus' name, God gives us full authority that exists in the person of Jesus Christ. Remember when the demon-possessed girl was harassing Paul and hindering his ministry? And the Bible says in Acts 16, 16, one day as he was going down to the place of prayer, we met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for, for her master's. And she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God. And they have come to tell you how to be saved. Sounds right on, right? But it was a religious spirit. It was a demon. And verse 18 says, this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated. Now, my translation, if I wrote this, I would say, Paul was ticked. Amen. And he turned and he said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Come on, that's the power in the name of Jesus. See, because Paul understood the power in the name of Jesus, he exercised that power and that authority. Amen. And it's because of the cross. Jesus was willing to die on the cross. God says, now, I'm going to give you power in your words. 
I'm going to give you power and you have shed blood. And I'm going to give you power in your name. And then finally, in conclusion, the heart of the cross reminds us that Jesus loves us unconditionally. And he said, listen, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Listen, they didn't take the life of Jesus. Jesus laid down his life. And the Bible says that the reason why he laid down his life was because of the joy set before him. See, he could see beyond the cross. Whenever he was in the garden of Gethsemane and he was, he was travailing in prayer and asking the Father if it would be possible for this cup to pass for him, the cup of crucifixion. He said, I really don't want to do this, but if it means freeing up humanity, I'll do it. Because of the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Amen? And so when Jesus died on the cross, he had you on his mind. And he had me on his mind. And he had the rest of the world on his mind. And he said, you know, I don't want to be crucified. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to be scourged. I don't want to be beaten. But if it means humanity being freed, I'm willing. I'm willing to do that. Listen, I don't know if you feel all alone, whether you feel like you have a friend in the world, but this morning you need to know that you have a friend and his name is Jesus. And the Bible says in John 15, 13, greater love had no man than this. That one laid down his life for his friends. How many of you know Jesus laid down his life for you and I? Amen. Come on. The cross is not a good luck charm. It's a message. And the message is God is for us. God has redeemed us. And because Jesus died, you and I can live. Amen. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. Come on, stand with me. Let's close in prayer. Amen. Let's take a moment just to pray this through. Let's just take a moment right now just to pray. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus laid down his life for you and I. And when he laid down his life, he provided, he said it is finished. Everything that you and I need today, Jesus accomplished at the cross when he died. Before we celebrate his resurrection, let's take the time to think about Good Friday. When he was led like a lamb to slaughter. When he walked down the road of, of Jerusalem, streets of Jerusalem. Being led like, a, like an animal. Being treated like an animal. Worse than a criminal. But yet without sin. Yet without reason. Why did he do it? He did it. So you and I. Would be able to live our life empowered. Through the blessing of God. He bore stripes on his back. So that you could have peace in your life today. You don't have to live in turmoil. You don't have to live in anxiety and worry. You can have peace in your inner man. He restores our soul. Amen. Come on. He took the crown of thorns. Come on. We don't have to live cursed. We don't have to live under a curse. We can live under the blessing of God because Jesus took our curse for us. Come on. Just thank him right now. Thank you, Lord. I'm blessed. 
Thank you, Lord. I'm favored. Thank you, God, that, Lord, you did that for me, that I could live victorious. I could hold my head high. Lord, thank you that, Lord, today, Father God, you took the beating for me. Lord, you took the cross for me. Thank you, Father God. You were nailed for me. Lord, every sin I've ever committed, I'm released from through the power of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father. You're releasing your blessing over this church right now. Thank you, Father God, that you're releasing, Lord, hearts and lives today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus died to save a lost world. If you're here today, you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I want to build a strong relationship with God. I want to, I want to be a Christian. I want to live a Christian life. And I'm, I'm here today because I'm serious about living my life for Christ. Would you pray for me today? Would you ask Jesus to help me today? If that's you today and you say, Lord, Todd, would you pray a prayer that Jesus would forgive my sins and empower me with the Spirit? Just raise your hand and just wave it at me so I can pray for you. There you go, right back here. Anybody else? Just raise your your hand and raise it high. Just raise it up and keep it up. I want to pray. Yes, ma'am. I see you. Yes, sir. I see your hand right over here. Listen, those of you that raise your hand, this is not a time to be shy or bashful. This is the greatest day of your life. Raise both your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now listen, those of you that have your hands raised, do me a favor, slip out of the pew and just come right up here. Just come. I'm a, come meet me right here. Come on. Just come on down right now. Just come on down. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. Come here, sir. Amen. This is your day. This is your day. This is why you're here. Amen. Amen. This is, he said, I'm looking for God. I want God in my life. And this is his day. Come on down here. Come on. This is your day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. Come on. Right step right up here. Thank you, Father God. Would you just extend a hand out to these that are, that are just surrendering their life to Christ right now? Come on, ma'am. Just come up here. Come on. There you go, ma'am. Just we'll wait for you. Come on down here. Come on. Jesus loves you. He loves you. Come on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on. Let's pray. Let's just pray this prayer from your heart and say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood so my sins could be forgiven. I want to be a Christian. Come on, say it. I want to be a Christian. Come on, confess Jesus. I want to be a Christian. Come on, Jesus said, if you confess me before, man, I'll confess you before God. Say it with all your heart. I want to be a Christian. And I give my life to Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for cleansing me. I know that I need forgiveness. But I receive it today. I receive it by faith. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me, for cleansing me, and for empowering me with your grace today. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Come on, say it one more time. In the mighty name. Come on, say his name. Of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. Now listen, the Bible says 
If we confess him before man, he would confess us before the Father. Amen? The Bible says if we call on his name, we're going to be saved. Amen? So listen, we got some people that are here. We just want to get your name so we pray for you. We're not going to harass you or anything. We have some resources to give you to help you get started in your journey. If you need a Bible, we have one of those for you. Welcome to the family of God. Amen? Come on, let's welcome them this morning. So just stay up here for just a moment. Amen. Now listen, as we get ready to go, there, the last verse, Romans 10, 13, says this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not just saved from and have eternal life. But I believe when you're in the storm and you call on the name of Jesus, He's going to meet you in the storm and He's going to save you. Amen? Come on, if you're going through a difficult time, you need God to come and to show up. He will help those who call on Him. Amen? Come on, let's pray. You might need some help today. As After we pray, we're going to open up the altars. I encourage you. If you need prayer today, don't leave here discouraged. Don't leave here heavy. Come and let somebody agree with you. We have altar workers here. We're going to join our faith with yours and believe for God to give you a miracle. Amen? Amen. Come on. Father, I pray the blessing and the favor of God over the people of God. Lord, I thank you for the word of God. And I thank you that today things are happening in the spirit realm. And Lord, everyone that's hearing my voice, God, they're they're standing stronger. Lord, they have more strength in in their limbs today. Lord, I thank you that their heart is being encouraged today because of the power of the cross. May favor and grace be upon your people today. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. And everybody that agreed said, Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a great day.